Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Love Talk Radio. What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the talk of the town. I know you're going to dig this. Talk of the town. Thank you to the hometown Martinette in Brooklyn, where Bobby Millett and his orchestra are offering a program of dance music. Talk Hey man, don't have them send them little guys over there at you. 
what they gonna do? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> what they gonna do? Nothing. I got I, I got Sprint waiting waiting on them to to, to act wrong. <laughs> I might just go ahead and switch too if I can keep my number. No, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just saying. Sales figures came out uh, this week. Um, well, first off, Beyonce has gotten herself her fourth consecutive number one album. Congratulations to her for doing 310,000 copies of her new album, Four. Every last one of her albums has debuted at number one. I, I thought they said that was a flop. Oh, uh, in this sales part. Uh, this is this is the thing about it. People are saying that it's a flop because it didn't sell what her last album sold in the first week. Her last album sold around the neighborhood of 500,000 in the first week. Uh, given our current sales climate, I mean, 300,000 records first week is nothing to to say is a flop. Uh, I think, right. Honestly, the people that say stuff like that, they're the ones that aren't putting up numbers. And... and Quite, I know people are tired of Beyonce. They're saying she's overexposed and everything. But from an artist standpoint, I can't be mad at her for striking the iron while it's hot. You know, we got artists that, you know, everybody's not going to be a Maxwell, you know. True. Maxwell took eight years off and came back and debuted with the number one record, you know, highest sales for that year. Everybody can't do that, you know, especially considering the type of music that Beyonce does. She's a pop-driven artist, so of course she's got to stay in line with the trends that are going on right now. So I know people are saying she's a little, you know, overhyped and she's a, a well overexposed. And you know what? If you feel like she's overexposed, then you definitely got to feel like Lil Wayne is overexposed. So take that same argument to Lil Wayne because I'm tired of him too. Can I join that club then? Go ahead and join the club. Go ahead and join I'm, the club. I'm, I'm tired of Lil Wayne. I'm tired of Beyonce. They they MC hammering right now. Not Rick no, Ross, but MC Hammer. From from the from the aspect of the artist, I, I think I would pro, I, I would have to you know strike when I am hot too. Yeah, I ain't mad at him. Honestly, damn. With with the I'm just saying with the with the way that everything's going with pirating and and illegal downloads and all this other stuff, man. You just never know when your career is just going to be up. You know, there's plenty of artists out there that are dropping great albums, great music. But, you know, they just can't compete with the current climate. So if you just go ahead and get it in while it's hot. And plus, let's, let's look at it like this. People say she's overexposed or she's, she's out there too much. Mm-hmm. This is Beyonce's fourth solo album. This is from 2003 to 2011. She's dropped four albums. Now, how many albums has Lil Wayne dropped in between that time? Ooh. How many oh. albums has Lil uh, Lady Dada dropped <laughs> in between that time? Yeah, you know, honestly, four albums in eight years. I don't really, I don't think that's, I don't think that's overexposed. Maybe that was she solo, just had right? some big singles. That was solo, right? Yeah, solo. Her first, well, uh, her first solo album, Dangerously Love, dropped in spring of two thousand three. I remember I was working at Best Buy when it dropped. I had it a week before it came out. Right. Everybody was trying to get that album for me for top dollar. I said nope. She would sold that mother. Oh, man, that, and that was actually a good album. Like, people sleep on that. She she stayed true to her R and B roots on that first album. You know. Yeah. You know, since then she's kind of gone towards the you know the pop direction. But 
But like I said, I'm not mad at it. Beyonce, do your thing, you know. Just all I can say is, when it's time to bow out gracefully, just bow out gracefully, or change the style up as you get. Don't be one of those ones that's like 50 years old, still trying to compete with uh, Chris Brown or or Neo. Speaking of which, oh my gosh, now this hurt my heart. For those out there who know, I'm an R&B fan, you know, to the core. Everybody knows this about me. One of my favorite and what I think is one of the most consistent R&B artists out there is Joe. Now, if anybody got Joe's last album, uh, Signature, you know that that is one of his best works. And it was actually listed as the best R&B album that was released last year. He's talking about his good, his new album that's going to be out this August. It's called The Good, The Bad, and The Sexy. And he hurt my heart because he said this album is going for more of a mainstream feel. <sighs> this is my problem with this. When I say that Joe has been, in my opinion, the most consistent R&B artist of the last few years, you always know you're going to get some good quality music with Joe. True that. You know, you're going to get some good quality music with Joe. And for him to say he's going to go for more of a mainstream approach, I'm sorry, dude. After 16 years in the game, why are you trying to go mainstream now? He's got a great lane. You know, Joe has never been one of those artists that's been at the top of the charts. But he has a core fan base that will ride with him. You know, if you're one of those artists that, you know, you can count on at least 200,000 of your core fans going out and getting your album, you know, that's doing pretty good, especially seeing that he's independent now. So I don't know how I feel about this, you know, Joe saying he's taking a new dance, uh, a new uh, mainstream direction with the album. He was saying that he's not going to go for the whole Euro pop kind of thing that Usher and Neo and all those guys are doing, but it is definitely going to be more mainstream friendly. I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, he better stay in his own lane, man, because... Uh... That Euro pop stuff, man, I don't know. I mean, certain circles in America feeling it. But uh, your core people, like you said, your core people, if they ain't feeling it, man, that's a double whammy. Yeah, and this is like I said, it's hard. You know, it's hard to keep a core audience that's going to go out and purchase your music like that. Oh, and yeah. so if you got that, why would you? I mean, I can understand, you know, challenging yourself and trying to be better at what you are. You know, but why would you do that? Why would you even risk the at this stage in the game? It's not like he's 23 anymore, you know? Peer pressure. I would say it's peer pressure, man. When you think about it, man, a lot of those guys, you know, when they try to, and, and you know, I understand they travel the world. They understand the current trends before it really hits over here stateside. But at the same time, you know how Americans are. Very fickle when it comes to music. And if he want to sit up there oh, yeah. and jump out there and, you know, be <laughs> all that, nah, man. You know what I think happened, to be honest? Okay. I think a lot of people saw what happened. Because you got to admit, one artist that people kind of wrote off was um, R. Kelly. But after R. His Kelly did album. Yeah. After his Untitled album, you know, R. Kelly, a lot of people kind of wrote him off. And... Then he came back with the love letter. And right. then instantly, everybody was like, okay, Kells hasn't lost it. He just had to switch it up. Because he's one of those artists that usually when he switches up his style, a lot of people follow suit. But mm-hmm. it seemed like for the longest, he was trying to 
pattern himself after the people who were patterning themselves after him, and it just wasn't working. True that. True that. So I think people see the success of R. Kelly recently, and, and congratulations to R. Kelly on uh, on the Love Letter album going gold. It's on its way to platinum. Uh, it's outsold. Uh, what's the boy's name? Uh, get up. You know. Uh, yeah, Trey Stones. Tr- trigger. Trigger. Yeah. And we're about to get into that in just a second. I'm not even going. We're not even going to play the first song yet. We're going to go right into that while we think. Okay. The BET Awards. Now, as you guys know, I was not on the show last week, and um, that was actually the topic of the show was the BET Awards recap. I decided I'm giving you. I'm giving you guys two full weeks. To tell me what you felt Or to gather together what you felt About the BET Awards Before I went in on it Well Let's start off with the host Now Kev did you see the BET Awards No um, Like last week we were saying Hey I watched it I did man you know me I I really didn't watch it I saw a couple of things here and there Like the mishap with the name and all that When they messed up uh, the award yeah, and um, we're gonna, we definitely gonna get into that. I want to talk first about the host, Kevin Hart. If it were not for Kevin Hart, well, I, I'll say this much: if there were three people that had had they not been a part of the show, it would have completely tanked. Kevin Hart, Patty Labelle, mm-hmm. and Steve Harvey. I'll get into the later two, but. The reason I say Kevin Hart mainly, Kevin Hart said what every last one of us was thinking. He got on everybody, and Kevin, if you don't do anything but go back and see the first five minutes of the show, you gotta see Kevin Hart going in on them folks. He got at Diddy. Oh, he got at Diddy. Talking about changing his name every time. Is this? Is this? Is this? He told me you're too old. <laughs> You're too old. Stop doing that. Let it go. Trey Songs. He told Trey Songs, stop taking his shirt off. Because he looked like a beige greyhound. <laughs> He's stupid. <laughs> I'm telling you, he got but he got on everybody. He got on Neo's head. He got I mean he got he was getting at everybody. But he said the things that we have been wanting to say for years. Yeah. In years. And years. And now some of these awards that they gave out. Let's talk about the Smith family. Okay. BET gave out the Young Stars Award. And this was basically awards for the the younger teenagers and preteens that have made an impact in entertainment. Now both Jaden and Willow Smith were nominated for this award. Funny thing was, I'm sitting there as this is going on, and so they're announcing back to back. I'm jokingly, you know, I'm, I'm telling my girl, I'm like, it's going to be a tie, Willow and Jaden. And not two seconds later, it's a tie. Hmm. Now, I like little Willow Smith, even though she looks like one of the who. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like little Willow Smith. I think she's got. You know, I do think she has some talent, and and to be honest, even before the Karate Kid came out, after seeing Pursuit of Happiness, I really did like uh, Jaden. I think that he's got a bright future as an actor. I think he inherited the best of both traits from his parents. Right. 
but it was clearly, clearly paid for. That that was a that was a Smith move. You know that that was textbook. You know we run this. Well, we do both, have some. Give all our kids the award. We have someone that disagrees with you uh, on the chat board. Love of spoken okay. words said that you can't get mad at the Smiths family for that. Basically, they were saying that it wasn't them; it was the BET, uh, BET staff or whatever that did that. Okay. And while I do, I definitely respect and thank you for your comment on that. I will say this though: it has never, it has never ever been a time where BET has not done and you know I always say I don't like talking bad about BET mm-hmm. I don't like talking bad about BET because once again you know BET has helped me get a lot of national exposure oh, so yeah. that I'll ever be grateful but at the same time I know politics when I see it and you can look forward to a lot of exclusive stuff from the Smith family and BET over the next year I guarantee it hmm I guarantee you, it's politics as usual. And anybody that has worked behind the scenes on any of these award shows, prime example, how they were saying, oh, you know, when the, after the whole Chris Brown, Rihanna incident, he was supposed to open up the BET Awards that year. BET actually advertised it on their official website. Breezy opens up the 2009 BET Awards. Two weeks later, no sign of Mm-hmm. No sign of Chris Brown for a year and a half. And anything dealing with BET. No sign of It's At the end of the day, I want everybody to realize that this is all politics as usual. And and am I saying that, they, that Will Smith called BET and said, both of my kids better get this award? That's not what I'm saying. But am I saying that this was a chess move by BET? Because the Smith family oh, yeah. is a very powerful family in Hollywood. And no one can deny that. Right. They're I mean, a very powerful and very influential family. And it just it, it we we've got his weight up so far, man, it's it's ridiculous right now. He's almost on he, he he's gonna be on the next level of uh man, he's on the level of Denzel, but I mean like with Q. I think he's gonna be, gonna be on that level in a couple of years. Oh yeah. Definitely. Now, another award. (laughs) Best new artist. Wiz Khalifa. Why? (laughs) With that Kwame Kool-Aid stain in his head. Why? (laughs) Black and yellow isn't even a hit anymore. It's not even hitting me. There are a few people that deserve the awards, okay? Prime example, do I think that Chris Brown deserves best male R&B artist? I would have preferred to give it to CeeLo, but I can see where Chris Brown would get it. Of mm-hmm. course, Nicki Minaj was going to get best female hip-hop. As she, you know, sarcastically got up, you know, and was like, I didn't think I would win. It was funny as hell. Yeah, that, that was, that was uh, yeah, I've seen that right there, too. Dirty Money getting best group. You knew that was going to happen. Honestly, for a second, I thought that BET may say, you know, we're going to give this to Kelly Swag District because the young man from the group had just died. But, hey, went to Diddy. And, by the way, Diddy was the first person, and the show had been going on maybe an hour and a half, going into two hours. 
Diddy was the first person all night to get up there and actually thank God. Big shout out to Diddy for that. Because the whole time I'm sitting there thinking about it, it none of these people. And he made sure that above nothing else, he said, first off, I want to thank God for this. Like, I'm not even gonna get on. I'm not even gonna get on them with with that. Best male hip hop artist is Kanye West. Uh, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think B.O.B. had a great year. I would have been upset if it had gone to Drake. To be honest with you, I am so tired of him too. But uh, yeah, I I could see Kanye pulling that one off. Um, now. <sighs> The the opening of the show, Mary J. Blige, I'll admittedly say I've never been a big Mary J. fan. I've never been a big Mary J. fan. But that's only because most vocalists I know aren't Mary J. fans. She sings with a lot of passion. You can't take that away from her. Mary will make you feel her song. That's why she's had such an impact. Because you really feel that she's she believes what she's singing. Do I think she's the best vocalist? Absolutely not. It was good to see Mary get up there and do her thing. You know, I'm talking about what's the 411 Mary. I ain't talking about all that new stuff. I'm talking oh, yeah. about, you know, I'm talking about uptown Mary J. Blige. Oh, you know, the roundaway girl. Yeah, two steps. Hey, you do have a caller that would like to comment. Okay. All right. Uh, caller 443, you're live on the Middleman Talk Show. What's up? Hey, what's up? This is Finesse Love, Spoken Word, and Neil Soul Show. How you folks doing? Hey, what's going on, brother? Oh, uh, what's going on, brother? All right. Nothing much. Uh, I just wanted to chime in on, on a few things that you talked about. Because um, you mentioned the Smiths. Yeah, again, you can't blame the Smiths. You actually proved my point, what I was saying. If BET made it a political move, that was on their part. If they're trying to gain some shows or some favor with the Smiths, but you can't get mad at them. For that, I, you know, it was a stupid move on BET's part. If you, you shouldn't have did a tie, you should have awarded it to somebody else or at least gave it to one or the other, but not both, because that just clearly clearly shows that the show was fixed. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm mad at the Smiths necessarily, but what I am saying is it was a very, it was a very political move. It was definitely a power move, and you don't necessarily have to call and demand on something. But you know how sometimes people can suggest things, you know? Hey, well, you know, because one thing that you have to give Will, he's done a lot of work with his Overbrook Entertainment Company, his film production company. BET has been trying to make their way back into sitcoms, less of the reality show format and back into sitcoms. And it could have, and I'm not I'm not there, I'm, I'm not with him on the other day, because I can't say exactly what I'm saying, but it does seem like that'd be one of those moves like, Hey, well, how are you doing? We love to get one of those shows. And, oh, yeah, we love to get a little bit more, you know, exposure for the kids, you know. Well, I think more. Because that's where the concentration has been. You got, you got to miss that. Their concentration has been on their children over the last yeah. year and a half. It has, but I think well, more. I'm pretty sure some is. smoothing has gone on, and it was like, well, hey, let's go ahead and give them both this award. Make the smoothing just a little bit better. You could even see it wasn't even a shot. They flashed the camera back onto Will, and he was just looking like excellent. <laughs> well, you know, it, it probably came down. It, it probably something that came down from Viacom too, because Viacom owns BET, and of course they wanted to get dismissed in on uh, in with them and on some projects. So it probably was a call from from Viacom as well, telling BET you going you going to give the Smith family the award. Oh yeah, I, I definitely don't think that came from Stephen Hill or Deborah Lee. 
Yeah. My, my personal opinion, I just I don't think that Viacom has way too much invested. And it's, like I said, the Smith brand, you can't deny the power that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those. It was just one of those. Hey, I scratch your back a little bit, and you scratch mine. Right. And and, and uh-huh. the, uh, one of, the one the only thing I wanted to say, if it, you're you're absolutely correct, if it wasn't for Kevin Hart, the show would have been disastrous. I mean, it was it was it was. For a while, it seemed like he had left. <laughs> they just yeah, they started having people get up and start performing. Nobody was announcing who it was. It just it, it was it was it was it was horrible. It was really horrible. And I can remember at one point when the BET Awards actually put on a decent production. Now, the one thing I can say, and I definitely thank you for your call. Why don't you stick thank on the you. line? Chime in anytime. Hit that number one. You want to chime on anything we got going on here? I right, appreciate it. Uh, one thing I will commend BET on is the fact that they reintroduce a lot of classic acts. One thing that they do every year is BET has brought back a, a group from the 80s or the 90s every year that they've done it. For me, being a Five Heartbeats fan. Bringing those guys out, I thought that was incredible. And then bringing out After 7 with them, or what's left of After 7, I thought that was a great move. What I didn't think was a great move, going back to the beginning of the show, was Anita Baker. One, she just they just had her on stage in the same damn outfit on the Soul Train Awards last, last fall, last November. Same damn outfit. It was, it was ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I was like, really, is, did they just... Are you serious? Anita Baker, as much as I love her, it's obvious by her performance that Anita Baker is not really working as much as a lot of the other artists that are out there working. What I mean when I say working, you can find Gladys Knight on Broadway or in Vegas on any given night. She's still out there constantly touring, working. You get what I'm saying? Anita Baker's not doing that. She's not doing that. She's not. You can tell when a vocalist has not been exercising their muscle because they get up there and they sound like hell. <laughs> they just sound like hell. And the the the, the a try a try true example of that was Alexander O'Neill and Sherelle. In the crack-headedest move that BET could possibly do, they reunited them. On stage to do Saturday Love. <laughs> There's two problems I have with this, and one of them is a little bit personal to me because it involves my frat brother and friend Ruben Stutter. One, had it not been, and TV One will 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 tell us tell anyone this themselves, had it not been for Kiki Wyatt and Ruben Stutter. Redoing Saturday Love TV One was not going to feature Alexander O'Neill and Sherelle For Unsung The song was on the airwaves And you know how things go When they have a remake on there They'll play the, they'll play the current version On the radio Then they'll play the past version There was a demand that was building around it Because it, still, it was still and always will be A great record Even both versions are still great 
Now, TV One got wind of this. They put together this quick Alexander O'Neill and Sherelle unsung. The Ravens went through the roof. BET takes, just takes the whole concept and decides we're going to unite them for the BET Awards. Turns out that it was supposed to be Kiki White and Ruben Stutter performing at the pre-show. But politics as usual, politics as usual, well, let's get the originals up here to do it. And I felt like that was in poor taste because, once again, had it not been for them covering that song, well, nobody's thinking about it. Clearly, nobody was thinking about either one of them because they have, once again, they have not been working. Sherelle was high as hell. Alexander O'Neill has lost all his teeth. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard he spit on everybody in the front row. Bruh, I'm talking about gums. He's saying he's gums. When you say Saturday love instead of Saturday love, <laughs> you might want to go get some dentures. All I'm oh, saying is, let's stop the politics. Let's stop the politics. Because, I mean, come on now. It was it was sad. It was sad. Like, we've got to stop doing that. Like, we can't just keep putting people on it. You know they're not ready. You know they sound horrible. You know they're crazy. I can remember a few years ago, uh, the year before um, before Rick James died, and he and Tina Marie were up there, and they were singing, and they were high as a kite. And it was so obvious that they were high as a kite. Why do we keep putting our legends up there and just completely disturbing their legacies by putting them up there when they're at their worst? Alexander O'Neill, they they painted a great portrait of Alexander and Sherelle on TV One that is now completely overshadowed by them being coked up on BET Networks. But do they care? No, absolutely not. They don't care. They don't care. It just made for funny TV. Hey, man. And that goes I mean, back to what we always say about people not respecting their elders. Yeah. That's, that's pretty bad, man. I agree with you. I think their legacy was tarnished, man. And uh, Fizzo over here on the web chat was asking you, uh, did you think Sherelle was high? Why, why do you think Sherelle was high? Her mannerisms, even when she was singing, from when she was talking, when they went on to announce the awards, she was fidgety. She couldn't stop her hands from shaking. Her eyes couldn't focus. I've seen my fair share of people that are high. Go back and watch the show. You will, you can go on BET.com right now and watch the show. And look at that performance. And it was clear. It was clear. And she was on something. I'm not saying it was anything heavy, but you also got to think. They went from probably not really working that much, definitely not Alexander O'Neill, maybe Sherelle, but definitely not Alexander O'Neill. From not working to that that much to Ruben and Kiki covering their song, so now all of a sudden they're getting spins again. People get to talking about them. Then they're on TV One. Then they're on BET. Like, a lot of people can't cope. That's a lot of pressure, especially when you've been inactive for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people can't cope, and when you have a history of it, even though you may bring yourself out of it, that pressure is always there. Pressure is always there. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Chico DeBarge. 
Chico DeBarge. Everybody they, they, was ecstatic to see him, there. you know, come out of the BET Awards. They were happy to hear him coming back. After not working for all those years, he got himself clean. You know, he got back on track with his music, and things were going great. And once again, when that pressure comes up again, those old demons come back. It's happened to it's happened to a lot of our legends. It happened to Marvin Gaye. Mm. Marvin Gaye left the country, was gone, got himself clean, got himself straight, came back. That pressure, I'm, I'm telling you that, and we're going to do a show about it. We're going to do a show about drug usage in the music business and the pressure that these artists are on. And I'm not saying, I'm not condoning any drug use, but what I am saying is, even on, on the, I would go and say from the level that I'm on with it, I can see. I'm not saying that I would go out there and start snorting cocaine or anything, but I can see where some people would do it. Tony Montana. Like, a lot of people don't realize, you know, a lot of people don't realize that vocalists, a lot of vocalists are on cocaine for the simple fact that it clears their passageways. Honestly and truly. Like I said, and and when when you're talking about people that may do, you know, 45 minutes to two and a half hours a night constantly gigging, you know, sleep schedule all jacked up, um, you know, Eating habits all jacked up. Problems at home because you're out on the road. Just, it, just everything. You got 54 yes men telling you the greatest thing that they ever knew, and they need you to help pay their rent. Like it's, it's just, it's a lot of pressure that people are going through. I'm not gonna stay on that too long. I, I'm, I, I'm gonna go to my my, my last two. Um, Patty LaBelle, you know, she got the Lifetime um, Achievement Award, deservedly so. Uh, it was a great. Great tribute to her. When CeeLo came out there to sing Somebody Loves You and he had on one of Patty's outfits, I thought that was the funniest thing. Like, CeeLo, we're going to talk about CeeLo a little bit later. Uh, And if you you guys don't know, we are going to take our show up. We're going to do about an hour and 30 tonight because we got a lot to talk about with our next topic. Mm -hmm. But I want to wrap this up. Okay. CeeLo is hilarious. He's hilarious. And he's got his Tyler Perry-ish ways of getting things, of getting a message out there. But he, he he's hilarious. Patty went out there and Patty killed it. Love Patty. Like that's a voice that you know that's that's once in a lifetime. That's a once in a lifetime timeless, this classic voice. You know, she had Pastor Shirley Caesar out there. When you got Pastor Shirley Caesar out there giving you a tribute, you know you've done something. <laughs> you know you've done something. Steve Harvey received a humanitarian award. Um, they talk about a couple things that, that Steve does throughout the year. Um, one thing in particular that I, that I absolutely love is what he does on Father's Day and that he gathers a, a, a lot of guys who are fathers themselves, and they go and they grab these young men who don't have father figures in their life, and you know, at least for one day, they take them out there and they, they teach them how to do things. You know, they 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 mentor them. You know, it's just they got they do a lot for them, and it's really it's really really positive. And the one thing I can't say about Steve Harvey, regardless of what people think about him. You know, people may have their personal opinions about him or whatever. One thing I can say is he's always been about the community. You know, and he took his award and he, he expressed humility 
uh, you know, one thing that stuck out, he, he said he got his in the redemption business. And, you know, for somebody at his level of success, you know, it's easy for some people to forget their, their, their core values once you get to a certain amount of success. Because at a certain level of success, you know, certain avenues are open to you. You know, certain people bend the rules for you. You know, so for him to keep a, a such a, a humble, you know, grounding like that is that was something that I, that I thought was really great. So big shout out to uh, to Steve Harvey. Now, in a nutshell, I think the BET Awards could have been better. At the same time, um, it's a lot of award shows out there that I feel could be better. Um, you can't always put it on the network. Um, a lot of times, you have to think about the artist. There are a lot of artists out there. Um, Jermaine Dupri said something a, a, a while ago that I completely agree with. You know, they asked him, you know, why does he always come to the BET Awards and, you know, and touches and, and, and tails and all that stuff. And he said to himself, he's like, you know, y'all will go to the Grammys dressed up or y'all go to the American Music Awards dressed up. But when it comes to our stuff, you want to come in T-shirt and jeans and you, you, your newest Gucci bag on your shoulder, you were going like you just got off the, the, down the club. Mm-hmm. So we can't possibly expect them to give more quality if the artists themselves won't, you know, be more accountable for the quality that they present when they go to these award shows. Just because it's something that's put on by black folks don't mean you got to come in there looking like a fool. But anyway... Shout out to everybody that won. Congratulations to, you know, everyone who took home awards. Uh, a big congratulations to Marsha Ambrosius for pulling the uh, Centric Award. And her album is getting close to going gold, too. So, that, um, you know, that's, that's really good. Really good to see that. Now, our next topic of the day, man, I, I've been um, kind of... I've been kind of toying on this for a second. And I've come to the... Agreement. I come to the realization that this music business is in today's time. They have a fear of black men. They have a real fear of black men. And a lot of people say, "Oh, that's conspiracy. Oh, it's this, that, and this, that." But let's look at some facts. Anybody who watches reality TV, you know that just a couple of weeks ago, the new TV show on NBC, The Voice. Uh, had a finale um, in that uh, Javier Cologne one. Uh, some of us may remember Javier from a few years ago. He had a deal on Capitol Records, came out with his first album. He had a single called Crazy. We're going to play that a little bit later. But um, a lot of people don't realize how important that win was. One, Javier, uh, with the exception of making the band, Javier is the first black man to win a music reality show or any reality show they're related since Ruben Sutter. And that was back in 2003 when Ruben won. It's spring of 2011. In eight years, in eight years, there's only been one. Well, they say, well, you know, no one's going out for it. That's not true. People are going out. There's a lot of talent being pulled through. If you ever notice, American Idol, they have their token black man every season. And he's clearly the best singer out of all the guys. But for some reason, he never quite makes it even into the top three. Never. 
And so I looked at that and I got to thinking. I said, well, let's look at some other cases. Let's look at the top of the charts right now and look at the black men that are on top of the charts. These guys are very watered down. As I said in the description, they conform to a pop standard. They say, well, you look and you've got K.O. Cruz and Jason Derulo. They're on top of the charts and they're black men. Kevin, can you name me one song by uh, by Jason Derulo? Who? Exactly. <laughs> Soul Train's website, a couple of weeks ago, they did a, an article where they say, where has the male vocalist gone? It's a good question. I look at the charts. Look at the R&B charts. Look at the pop charts. But really look at the R&B charts. You got Alicia Keys on the R&B chart and pop charts. You got Jennifer Hudson, Fantasia, Jasmine Sullivan, Chrisette Michelle, Legacy. The females are really holding down right now. They're really holding down. You talk about some great vocalists that are really holding it down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you look for the guys. Who you have? Mm, not too many. I'll wait. Who I don't have? know, bro. Give you me one me strong male vocalist that's out right now. Uh, and what in R&B? In R&B. On what level? Uh, I'm not even thinking about the pop charts. But we gonna get we gonna, that's a whole another show you talking about know, the pop you know charts versus say, the R and B charts. You know who I'm gonna say, right? Go ahead. Yeah. Man, you know my dude Anthony Hamilton. He's the only one. Well, um, his last Sassy, album was out in 2009. Yo, Sassy it's Entertainment. It's the middle of 2011. Uh, Sassy Entertainment. I want to put Kim in there. Okay, I'll give you that. I, I, uh, I'll give you him. Oh, God. Somebody just put music soul, child. Okay, so we got Charlie Wilson, Raphael Sadiq. Uh, this whale chat is going in right now. I'm glad. Because I got an answer for each one of those names. Okay. Just today, the Grammys released a letter where they talked about the consolidation of a lot of the um, awards categories. This particularly hit R&B pretty hard. Mm-hmm. It took out a lot, R&B and hip-hop, it took out a lot of categories. Um, and the reason the Grammys, just, they justified this by saying that they could no longer honor one subgenre over another. One thing you have to realize is, nowadays, these people are putting our music into these subgenres. They're not calling it R and B anymore. So Anthony Hamilton, Maxwell, Music Soul Child, Raphael Sadiq, they're being regulated as Neo Soul, Urban oh, yeah. HD. They don't even the labels don't even push their radio promotion towards urban radio anymore. They push them directly to urban AC. Directly to Urban AC They're listed as a subgenre 
of rhythm and blues. Anyone who goes back and you see it, you look at the bells and whistles, and we're not even going to talk about the white counterparts. Let's look at the bells and whistles that they put on a Fantasia, on a Jennifer Hudson, on an Alicia Keys, on a Jill Scott, on a, on a Chrisette Michelle. Someone said Raphael Sadiq, am I right? Yes, I might have said Raphael Sadiq. Other than the commercial, other than the Target commercial, what visibility have you seen from Raphael Sadiq? Towards the album, which is out album right now. Yeah, that, yeah, that album he had out. Uh, what's the name of that album? Uh, he just put out not too long ago. I can't and, think of the name off top. Yeah, but it kind of it, it was it was a throwback. I think he tried to go a little sixties with that, but uh, some people. What visibility is what I'm. That, that's what Other I'm saying. That, none really. What visibility? Hardly any. Bobby Valentino a few years ago he came under fire. From Def Jam, this was shortly before he left Disturbing the Peace. Mm-hmm. He said it himself, and this is from you know from his perspective, which I think he has a pretty good idea on the inside perspective of it. If you're not willing to conform to what their pop standards are, you don't get the bells and whistles that everyone else gets. Whereas before they used to push a record to the pop charts, now they want you to make a pop record. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's I don't by no means do I want anybody and if you want to get into this conversation, give us a call, seven one eight five oh eight nine nine seven two. By no means am I dismissing the Anthony Hamiltons, the Maxwells, the Kims, the the, the Raphael Sabis. But what I'm saying is they're not being afforded the same opportunities as some of these other artists. You can't say that it can't be done. You can't say that an older artist can't make an impact nowadays. Right. Look at what Maxwell did just a couple of years ago. And they didn't even give him the bells and whistles. They were not relying. This was a complete shock to Columbia. They were not relying. They did not had no idea that Maxwell's fans were going to show out the way they did at the record stores. They had no idea that was going to happen. Well, they had you know, no idea Sade was going to do 503,000 copies of her last album And also every other female of that year Including Lady Gaga and Britney Spears And Alicia Keys and Beyonce And she just killed all of them Yeah So they can't, yeah. Say, that it, they can't say that it can't be done You know man they, they got true fans man And true fans respect true music And true artistical expression You know That's what they brought back to the table And and that kind of gave life to a lot of the other artists that were trying to come back in the last past couple of years. You but know. once again, Sad say once again, let me say this much. Because I think I don't want to get too far away from the point. Okay. When I say fear of the black man, it's just like Charlie said. I don't know if you remember, Charlie said this a couple of uh, few shows back. When he was talking to a record executive and he said, we're not in the business selling black dick. The white chicks Remember that? Yep Yep It goes to show it One thing you cannot deny If nothing else Throughout the history of music When it came To rhythm and blues When it came to black music Period When we still had rock When that was still our music mm-hmm. You could not deny That there was always A very strong Male vocal presence 
What I'm saying is it's not there anymore. Nah, you don't you don't see it from that standpoint. They, they're not even trying to develop anything like that. Everybody's voice is real high, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, it's real. These, Feminine. these boys got these light voices. And, they, and, and, and you can't say that, that, that the people are out there. You know what's so funny? Mm-hmm. It's not even, you can't even blame shows like American Idol. Our own shows do it. I'll give you a prime example. There has never been a male winner of Sunday Best. Surely has. Sure That's our show. Wow, that is something there's, to think about, isn't it? There's never been a male winner of Sunday Best. Wow. I tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna go into because honestly, nowadays, unfortunately. It seems that reality shows are the 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 top way for vocalists to really get in the door. It's the top way for vocalists to get in the door. So we're going to dwell in on that a little bit at, right after this break. We're going to play our first song of the day. Our first song is by our American Idol, Mr. Ruben Stutter. This is Don't Make Them Like You No More. This is the Middleman Present, Talk of the Town with Nick Eaton on Blog Talk Radio. Checking the forecast, the Forever 
That was Ruben Stutter with Don't Make Them Like You No More. This is The Middleman Presents Talk of the Town with Nick Eaton. I'm your host, Nick Eaton. And we are talking about the music industry's fear of the black man. Now, I just got a hit on Twitter from Soul Lithic, and he said that don't forget about Timothy Bloom. For those who are not familiar with Timothy Bloom, he's a brand new artist. He signed Interscope Records, and he has this great song. Great, great song called Till the Time came out a few months ago. And the blog hit it heavy. Everyone loved it. It had a real positive message about black love. It was getting some radio play. And then guess what happened? All of a sudden, it just ceased. I mean, it went, I, I don't know what the hell happened to it. I have never seen a record just drop off that quickly, especially having such a big buzz coming into it. Now, am I crying false? You know, hey, this is this once again, they're trying to control us. They don't want us to have anything. I, I, I don't know. You let me know. But usually, when a record has an impact like that, Jeff, mm-hmm. you've been in this business a long time. A record has an impact like that where it's got the industry behind it, where it's got the, the internet behind it. The internet is loving it. And all of a sudden, I mean, it's growing. The airplay is getting there. It's going. And all of a sudden, it just cuts off. What does that sound like to you? Hmm. Somebody from uh, somewhere is like, hey, no, we're going to stop it. We're going to stop it. Something about this ain't right. Here comes this black man with a powerful voice singing about black love, making children and carrying on a legacy. Oh, we got to stop that. We got to stop that. Especially when the video came out. You know, dude is, you know, he's a good guy. He is him and another young lady. She was very stacked, uh, to say to say the least. They were both new in the video. This is very, this is very much so black love at its, at its best. And just cut. Now... Am I taking? I'm not trying to take anything away from the Chris Brown, the Neos. You know, I've defended Neo before. I think that Neo is an incredible songwriter. I like his music, but there's definitely a lack of male vocalists coming out. Like it is, and you also have to look at it like it seems like nowadays for singers. You know, when you're a rapper, like a lot of times people don't really look at singers and be like, oh, well, this cat was independent. He got out there, he sold some units, you know, he got on and, you know, kind of went from there. It's it's not really the same. You don't hear the same type of story with singers that you do with rappers. More often than not, nowadays, these singers, they're coming from some form of reality shows. Music reality, they may not have one, but they got a lot of buzz off of them. Uh, Ruben Sutter is one that I mentioned before, Fantasia. Uh, Jennifer Hudson, I, I think Jennifer Hudson is a prime example of it. She didn't necessarily win, but she may very well be more successful, you know, overall than any of the other winners. Mm-hmm. Not just from American Idol, but from other ones. You got Leona Lewis, you know, that uh, won the X Factor in Britain and just kind of seeped her way over into the U.S. with her music. So it seems like that is one of the ways, and, and whether you like it or not, whether, because, you know, some people have their, you know, their issues with, with uh, with reality shows, I personally I enjoy the fact that 
someone with a real vocal talent gets a chance to get themselves out there. So I, I personally enjoy it. Uh, if you look back, like I said, this this show, The Voice, you've got Javier Colon. Those people that don't know, Javier was a neo-soul artist on Capitol back in 2003. You know, he's a classic example of what happens to a lot of artists. They get in the business and they they have a lot of talent they get jaded by the industry because they're not performing to that pop standard so to speak you know and he got dropped from his label you know trying to you know he's trying to feed his family struggling to make the bills and everything 34 years old 34 year old black man with an acoustic guitar and a, and a good voice and he won that's why I said this win is a lot more important to urban music than people think because this is the show, realize that this is the show that they had primed to be American Idol's direct competitor. <laughs> X Factor comes on in the fall. American Idol comes on in the spring. They just did the season of The Voice, and now they're moving it. They're pushing season two to where it's going to fall in the winter, just in enough time to go head-to-head with American Idol. Hey, uh, it's a very important win. Hey, Mick, uh, kind of a man. Over here on the web chat said it's probably a black woman running those companies. They don't want black love promoted. Then uh, I guess you want to say they want Robin Thicke. <laughs> and you know what? Well, let's let's touch on that. And let me say this much because I, 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 I about I about halfway agree with you, um, except on a couple things. I do think that <laughs> I, I do think that black women want black love. I definitely think that black women want black love. I think they want it on their terms. <laughs> but I definitely think they want black love. But it goes that brings up a good point. We'll see. And I'm not racist. I like Robin Thick. My problem is we'll see a white guy with maybe a quarter of the talent quarter of the talent that a black dude has get up there and we'll automatically give him a pass a second listen if he's up there doing R&B mm-hmm. John B is cool but John B was never an exceptional vocalist he wasn't an exceptional writer and if anybody ever went to see him live back in the day he damn sure wasn't an exceptional performer but he got a pass because he was a white guy doing R&B which kind of brings me to this other point making the band Diddy Made the group day 26 back in 2007. In that season, there was a young man on their show by the name of Donnie Clay, a white guy. Wasn't an exceptional dancer. As a matter of fact, he couldn't dance at all. Wasn't an exceptional singer. Had a very Abercrombie and Fitch pop look. Good dude. Good spirit. Great energy. He wasn't as talented as the other guys. But he kept getting a pass. Now, at the end of the show, they made the group, and obviously, you know, you're talking about putting together an R&B soul group. The group is going to be primarily black guys, which it turned out to be all black guys. But at the end of the show, Eddie made the announcement that Donnie, the white guy, got a solo deal with Bad Boy. Sounds like a dream come true, right? Sounds like a dream come true. Here is the kicker. There was another announcement made that same night was not aired by MTV. But it was on that live finale. 
because he wasn't the only one to get a solo deal. There was another guy on the show named D'Angelo Redman. He signed his contract with Bad Boy the same time as the Day 26 guys, the same time as Donnie. But they didn't announce him. They didn't put him on the show. Now, if he won a deal around the same time, wouldn't it make sense to have him on there? He had just been on the season with him. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't he get the same opportunity, even though he had the same deal? Why couldn't he get the same opportunity as a white guy? It's just like I called it earlier. That's that Viacom. Viacom stepped in. Oh, no, we're not going to announce it. We don't really. Look, we already let you get five black guys on here. We're not going to let you get another one. You got to throw this white guy in the mix. And you know they got to make America feel comfortable, man. Well, it goes back to my original point. Fear of the black man. We're not even going to get into hip-hop. You remember how many... You, you remember it was like a two, three-year span after Eminem came out. That they tried to throw anybody that was white and could have oh, with Lord. rap. Bubba Starr. Yeah. Right. They tried and it failed. And when I, when I say it failed, I say I mean it failed miserably. Hip-hop is just not one of those arts that, that you can do that to. But they go crazy over Robin Thicke. And I think Robin Thicke is cool. Do I think he's exceptional? No. Not really. If you Do I think Justin Timberlake is exceptional? He's okay now. Justin is okay. You listen to Robin Thicke saying, ooh boy, that's something horrible. Jermaine Dupree said this in his book about four years ago. About four years ago. And people just came down on him hard about this. And he was saying, I don't see anything exceptional about Justin Timberlake's vocal talent. I feel like I could go grab a white boy that can halfway sing and do the same thing with him. So, mm. Mm, mm, mm. and people just came down on him. They came down on him, but he was right. But it was the truth, yeah, it, it was the truth. And not taking anything away from Justin, but, you know, it's rare to find an exceptional singer, you know, no matter what color they are. A lot of people are studioed up, you know what I mean? They, they're in the studio. They, oh, yeah. They'll make them sound real good. You put them on that stage, and it's like somebody didn't throw hot water on a cat. Man, who you tell So let's look at the black men that they do accept on the pop chart. I mentioned him a little earlier. CeeLo Green. Now, one, you cannot deny CeeLo's talent. You can never deny CeeLo's talent. Even though I prefer the old CeeLo to the new CeeLo, you cannot deny that the brother has talent. However, I think a lot of people feel safe with him. And when I say people, I mean those upper echelon execs and Viacom. And ABC and NBC and all those, they feel they they feel safe with him because he's very comical to them. He's very entertaining to him. I said earlier, jokingly, he's like the Tyler Perry of the music industry. He's gonna get up there looking like one of the flying monkeys off the Wiz. (laughs) His song is gonna be great, but as long as he's got something to distract the mainstream, they're gonna keep letting him in. Neo, who can really, and he said it himself, you can really place the blame on him for this whole Euro pop thing. 
Now, Neo, if we've ever had a chance to meet the brother, he's actually really down to earth. He's funny. He's a little ghetto. But he puts on that facade. Oh, I dress in the Farnsworth Bentley outfit. And, you know, I walk around like the penguin. Because it makes people feel safe. Let's be honest. For all of our female listeners out there, (laughs) if you're walking down a dark alley and somebody jumps out, who would you rather have by your side? (laughs) Dave Hollister or Neil? Oh, hell. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just be honest. Let's, 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 Let's keep it all the way real. I like the brother, but I don't think he, he doesn't exude. Someone put it to me the best way I've heard it. She said the reason that she prefers the 90s R&B over today's R&B is because when she listened and when she saw artists like Gerald LeVert, when she listened and she saw artists like Voice to Men and and the Dave Hollisters and... Just she, she felt like she was listening to a man. She felt comfort in what he was singing to her. She felt like she could lay her head on his shoulder. She felt like she was with a man. And she said she can't say that for this generation of R&B singers. Man, excuse me for what I'm about to say. And R.I.P. to this cat, but I'm tired of all these wannabe Eddie Kendricks. What you mean, what you mean, what you mean, what you got to break that one down from the bro. All these high pitch sounding boys. <laughs> well, I mean, nobody can help what their natural voice is. I ain't tripping on Eddie, but everybody else just sound like that. They got girly yeah, voice. Well, look at Sean Stockman from Boys to Men. I ain't tripping on him either. I ain't tripping on. I'm just saying everybody else got their little light girl voice now. There's no barrel, no face. You'll never get another Barry White in music. Sorry. Hey man, I know it's that sound like a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll, ne- you'll never get one. And you know what's so funny? If you did get a chance to get one, I promise you they would get a, some attention. Just last year. Just last year, for America's Got Talent, no, the year before, I apologize. For America's Got Talent, they had a guy up there. He strong baritone voice, black guy, strong baritone voice. Well, I tell you, the crowd loves him. No reason why he shouldn't at least been in the top two. What happened? Oh no, they got rid of him about three shows towards the finals. All of a sudden, everything they loved about him, they were saying, "Well, you're not evolving. You're not changing." You're not uh, you're not growing as an artist. I'm like the show is only six weeks. How the hell are you expect him to grow as an artist in six weeks? Exactly. But you just praised him for it two weeks ago. Oh, we like him. He's entertaining, but he's getting a little too close to the top. Something right about that. But you're right. You don't have those Barry Whites anymore. You don't have the Barry Whites anymore. The jail averts. They don't want them. They don't want them. They want the voice. They want them to be as close to light skin as possible. Light on the skin and light on the voice. That's what they want nowadays. Abby Show. Shout out to our, you know, our light skinned brethren out there. 
I'm just saying. So this is my thing now. How do we change this? How do we change this? We're going to get ready to wrap up in just a minute. We went a little bit over time. I said we were going to go about an hour and 30, but we're, we're going to get ready to wrap up in a minute. We're going to play this one song. Okay. But I want to know how do we change this? How do we get to the point to where we can get that strong male presence back into the airwaves and back into our household? Because this, to me, this goes for a deeper issue. Because now you don't have any positive male images, positive black male images in anything. You don't have any sports. Everybody's always getting caught doing this or getting caught doing that. You know, in the bedroom, in the hotel room in Colorado with this white girl sitting over here shooting himself in the foot, this one high, this one fighting dog. They don't, they don't put a lot of positive images out in terms of sports. They damn sure don't put them out in terms of uh, network television. And now they're gone from music. Wonder how we change this? That's the key to it. Support the few we have. Support the few we have. I talked about this on the Crabs in the Barrel show. You got to build the market. If you want those positive images out there more, you have to show it. Because all people, all they care about is the advertising. If they see that we are supporting this, then that means this has value in it. So let me put this on the forefront just a little bit more so I can continue to get the revenue from the consumers. So when Javier's album comes out, I'm going to be front and center to buy it. Before I hear it, and I'm going to take a listen to it because I had his first two albums. His first two albums were great. But just because he won, that's like they say, are you going to vote, vote again for Barack Obama just because he's black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm do that. Well, you're gonna you only voted for for Barack because he was black. Yeah, you you're right. You only voted for this Javier guy because he was black. Yeah, you're right. You, you mean tell me you're only gonna support his album because he's black? You damn right. Yeah. Mhm. You gonna buy Ruben Sutter's album because he's black? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna keep on doing it. I tell you, y'all see that there is equities in these artists. They are viable in the marketplace. We always say we want good music. And that's a funny thing. I hear everybody complain about saying there's no good music out there. But nobody is proactive into supporting the artists that give us some good music. That's what we have to do. We have to be proactive. We're going to play this last song today, and then we're going to go ahead and get out of here. This last song is by the winner of The Voice. This is Mr. Javier Colon with Crazy. This is the Middleman Present, Talk of the Town, with Nick Eaton on Blog Talk Radio. Yes, please. 
And that was Javier Colon with Crazy. This is another member of Talk to Town with Nick Eden on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Eden. I love that record, man. I was so happy when he wanted to. I didn't know what to do. There was another song he had that I really, really liked. He got a bunch of them, man. He like, dude, he was off tune. That's what I said, man. We got, we got to support our own. Like, I think that's the problem. Like, we, I can remember back when after, after Ruben Stutter won American Idol, and you had black people in uproar that Rolling Stone put Clay Aiken on the cover of the magazine before they put Ruben Stutter on there. I was in another uproar. I said, why the hell had Vibe magazine put Ruben on the cover? I don't care about Rolling Stone. Why hasn't Vibe, why hasn't our magazine put him on the cover? That's what we should have been outraged at. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I think I, I think that there's definitely a fear of the the black man. I, I think that um, you know I, I was told that it's because we're an endangered species. I don't believe that. I don't. I don't believe that. I absolutely refuse to believe that. But it makes a lot of sense, and this is probably going to be this is probably be better suited for a middleman show. What do they do to the endangered species, yeah? Um, put them on a list. Mm-hmm. Put them on a list. For the most part, they take a bit, a bit of them out of their natural habitat to quote unquote pre- preserve their, you know, their life. What do they do with a good majority of us after they put mm-hmm. us on a list? They put our asses in jail. Yeah, so maybe from that aspect, yeah, we are an endangered species because that's how the government's treating us. Put every last one of them on the list and lock them up. We're going to preserve them here in ourselves as we make money off of them. But we're still in debt. All this damn cheap labor we got, but we're still in debt. Like I said, that's a whole other topic. I definitely want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. And we got our man Al out there somewhere in in, in uh Indianapolis. In, in, it, oh Lord, that's why he's up there for the conclave. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you, my, you know my sister lives in Indianapolis. She's a right. um, she's an attorney for the state, and um, she was just saying that her judge shut down the uh, shut down court for the rest of the week. He was saying it was an observance of Independence Day, but he's the capital. They got the conclave going on. It's the capital conclave going on in Indianapolis. <laughs> Dude, that's why you, like, that's why you shut down court. You know how them boys get it? <laughs> well, shout out to Al, man. Have fun up there, man. Don't come back with no uh, with no outside babies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he probably listening somewhere right now. Nah, I'll take that back. He ain't listening. <laughs> no, he ain't listening. He ain't listening, he ain't listening right now. It was a great I'll, show, I'll tell you, it, it's, show, man. There's some girls up there campaigning right there this weekend. Most definitely, man. Shouts out to uh, Chocolate Sex in the city. Been in the, in the chat room chilling. I ain't saying nothing. I ain't hit the button. I ain't calling or nothing. See how they do. Marvel. Yes, sir. They got a show coming man. up later on. Why, what, no, that was yesterday. Wine Down Wednesday. What? Man, where they got they had Wine Down Wednesday. Yesterday, they had some great yeah. records playing yesterday for Wine Down Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, they really get it on Wine Down Wednesday. As a matter of fact, they got the Chocolate Sex in the City show coming up tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you guys definitely make sure you go check out Marva does a great show. She's a longtime supporter of the Middleman. We love Marva over here. We want her to keep going. Uh, Alicia and Tracy and everybody over there, y'all just 
I love listening to y'all show because y'all talk about grown folk topics. Yes, they do. That's why I can't yes, get in there sometimes. <laughs> you stupid. We want everybody to definitely tune in this Sunday for the Middleman Talk Show, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Central. You know, just kind of move from there. You know, topic will be posted up. It's coming up real soon, possibly tonight or tomorrow. Really tomorrow. Okay, what do you got going on this week, man? This Nothing week. much, man. I'm going to go, after we leave the studio, man, I'm going to go uh, sit down somewhere. I got a headache. <laughs> I feel you. Oh, I wish yeah. I could sit down somewhere, man. I got to finish writing songs. Oh, for those of everybody that follows me on Twitter um, and on Facebook, you know, I just announced this week, uh, September twentieth, uh, my new EP, Press Play, is coming out. It's just a, it's a, it's a pre, it's a prelude to the Exit to Eden album, but I wanted to go ahead and drop something on you guys. So September twentieth, Press Play, is gonna be out. It's gonna be in stores. It's gonna be online. You're gonna love it. I promise. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. All right, man. Well, hey, great show, man. Everybody make sure y'all tune in. It's the middle, man. Talk with the time. Go ahead and hit that outro. The middle man shouted, Big Crick shouted. Now I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. We'll pay attention to the real talk. What we here for, so take a listen time out. Take a minute. Shout in and learn some. Put your mind and grind the world. You destined to earn some. Linda, you comment on what you hear. Let's figure out this master plan and put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a wheel to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand. Stop complaining about what you ain't got. Hating on the next man because he was down the wreck shop. Every Sunday, tune in. Go live 6 p.m. BlogTalkRadio.com. The middle me. Hey. What's happening in the middle me? Hey, what's happening in the middle me? Hey, what's happening in com? The middle me. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus